Hey, Team Health Tech, I've got a question for you. If you had to rate your oral health out of 10, what would you give yourself? Six? Ten? Two and a half? How do you even come up with a number like that? I guess you could visit your dentist. But what if your phone could give you an oral health rating? Better yet, what if it could help you find unrecognized and, say, hidden dental decay and gum disease, all from the comfort of your own home? That's right, tele-dentistry. It's totally a thing. And I'm chatting with Dr. Padma Gadiar, the founder of Smilo.ai, about dentistry, artificial intelligence, patient experience, remote monitoring, and heaps more. Okie doke, cue the music. Let's make it happen. Welcome to Talking Health Tech with Peter Birch, a podcast featuring conversations with key players and influencers to promote innovation and collaboration for better healthcare enabled by technology. With me today is Dr. Padma Gadiar. She's a dentist, practice owner, artificial intelligence enthusiast, and healthcare consultant to the dental and medical industries. She's the founder and CEO of Smilo.ai, an AI-powered virtual care platform which connects high-risk patients to their dentists, increasing productivity in dental clinics by reimagining patient experience. She's the author of the book, Buy, Build, Sell, and she's been seen in Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, Digital Journal, The Times, International Business Times, ABC, Byte Magazines, and loads more. And now, of course, the Talking Health Tech podcast. Hey, Padma, how are you? I'm really good. How are you, Peter? And thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, super duper. Thanks for coming. Looking forward to talk about all things artificial intelligence and remote monitoring and the dental world, which is not something we've covered enough here on Talking Health Tech. So I'm super pumped that you're on. So thank you so much for making the time. Absolutely grateful to be here and share all my knowledge that I have and give my two cents about the changes and the transformations in the dentistry world. Can't wait. Let's do it then. Firstly, let's get to know a little bit more about yourself. Who's Padma Gadia? I'm a dentist. That's part of my identity now, but I'm a mother of two beautiful kids. I'm a migrant. I moved from India in 2007, just after I finished my dentistry. Uh, we lived in Mackay for 12 years, and I love the regional Queensland feel. I still tell myself that I'm a Mackay girl. I live in Brisbane now, uh, you mm-hmm. know, been in the healthcare space since 2002, and I love the healthcare space, and, and I am looking forward to the changes, the transformations, the innovations that are going to rock the healthcare industry. Mm, no, lots happening. And tell me a little bit more about Smilo.ai. That's another one of your babies, I guess. But who's that for and what problem does it solve? Smilo.ai is a virtual care platform. Now, everybody must be thinking COVID-19, it's a COVID-19, you know, as soon as COVID-19 hit, we started working on that. But we were already working on that six months prior to even COVID-19 rock the world. And it started as a simple next thing for me. We are constantly looking at the next thing. And from being a dentist, I became an author, a speaker, multi-site practice owner. I was looking for what could be the next thing. And I could see how digital dentistry and digital revolution, especially patient engagement and patient experience, was going to take over in the next five to seven years time. Of course, COVID has now fast forwarded a lot of things. And I see a huge place for remote uh, patient monitoring and telehealth in dentistry taking that path. So Smilo.ai connects high-risk patients to their dentists from the convenience of their home, anytime, any place. But the difference is here there is an AI component to it. Mm. Usually if you have a problem, you've got to connect with the dentist, arrange an appointment. With 
milo.ai, you get instant results. And based on the results, we then connect you with your dentist. Yeah, okay. So how does that work? So it's an app on the App Store, I assume, on Apple and Google. And then, so why would I download the app and what would I do with it? Look, in Australia itself, uh, globally, let's not go globally first. Let's take our own Australia first. Only one in two Australians are going to the dentist every 12 months or every 24 months. And why do people not go to the dentist? It's the fear of dentist, you know, the dental anxiety. It's the cost. It's the convenience. And most importantly, nobody's aware of what's actually happening in their mouth, right? So what happens is we tend to ignore oral health. Smile is important for confidence, for mental health, for well-being, but we tend to ignore it. This is mainly for people who have been taking care of their teeth really well because we want to know in between those 6 to 12 months what's happening, but more importantly for those people who have not gone to the dentist in a really, really bad time. It's very important to be educated and be aware of what's happening in your mouth because your overall general health also is connected to oral health these days. Yeah, okay. And so you download the app and so it's something for in between going to the dentist and keeping you on track or also to kind of allay some of those fears you might have about going to the dentist and giving you a bit of a nudge. Is that kind of the gist? Of course, that's one of, uh, you know, patient education, patient triage is one of the features of the app as well. But in a broader sense, the way I look at it is you download the app, you take a few pictures on the app, you know, you are educated of what's happening in your mouth. You can see the pictures yourself. So when you go into the dentist, you know what's happening even before that. Of course, there will be few things which the dentist will reinforce and maybe find more when they take x-rays as well. But at the same time, you know something's wrong. Also, what happens in most of the cases is it's the negligence that gets you into pain and getting your teeth pulled out. With using of the Smilo.ai, you can pick up things in its earlier stages. So we are promoting prevention rather than treatment. And so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of mention around AI and the use of AI within your app. Where is there AI? Does the app then recognize if there's a particular issue with your smile or your teeth or something like that and then tell you about it? Two things. We have used AI and gamification on the app because without gamification, you know, people are not engaged enough. So the AI uses computer vision technology to identify dental decay and gum disease. Right now, that's where we are at. We want to get into orthodontics, oral hygiene and implant space as well in the next 18 months. So what it does is the AI identifies these. It only does clinical identification. We are not a diagnostic tool. We are a clinical Mm -hmm. identification tool. And then the gamification part of it is you can take a picture of your teeth. You can design your own smiles and see how you look even before you get that whitening done, that straightening done, or even those veneers done on you. Yeah, cool. Yeah, nice. And so how does it then connect to a dentist? So like this is happening with, you know, a patient using their app and then everything. But then when they need to go see a dentist, I assume you've got some connection with dentists who can access that information as well? Yeah, we connect you with one of the Smilo dentists that are on our platform. If you are a new patient, we connect you with one of the Smilo dentists. But we also go into dental practices on a subscription model for their existing patients. So if you are already an existing patient of a practice and they are on our platform, you get login generated by the practice and all your details go and sit on their dashboard as well. 
So not only are we promoting lead generation, we are promoting lead conversions as well as patient retention and loyalty. Got it. And so is it a free app for patients to use and then it's the clinicians that are paying for it? Yes, it's a free app for patients. Excellent. Well, that sounds really interesting. And I'll put the link for people to download the app within the show notes of this episode. So so definitely check that out if you wanted to have a bit of a play with it and see what you look like with nicer teeth too. That sounds really interesting. Let's then take a step back and think more about the dental industry. So how is dentistry changing as a specialty generally, particularly in Australia? Uh, Dentistry is changing rapidly, but a lot is happening from a clinician aspect. That is, we are getting used to a lot of digital dentistry now a lot of painless dentistry. I wouldn't say still a pain-free dentistry, a painless dentistry. So there's lots of uh, advancements that have happened in uh, making that entire dental experience on the chair much more bearable, much more easier, as well as we've kept a lot of patient experience in mind. But what wasn't happening was how the patient experience happened outside the chair. We are all working towards, you know, we're so used to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, instant gratifications. And the next millennial generation is looking for something even in healthcare. So that is what uh, Smilo is planning. You know, the vision for Smilo is to take care of that digital transformation. And there is also a transformation happening in dentistry with respect to a lot of fixed price dentistry coming into play. Corporate dentistry coming into play. We have a lot of new graduates that are graduating as well. So there is huge competition in the Australian dental market. Interesting. And do you find that, you know, you've got, say, the patient demand being millennials and anyone else that's more digitally enabled expecting the ability to engage with their dentist in a more immediate and digital way, but also to do things like use the Smiler.ai app to see what they look like with particular things or also to do some triage components. Do you find that the dentists on the other side are responding quick enough to that? Are dentists digitally enabled enough in Australia? I find on the medical side of things, the scale is more towards patients expecting more digital enablement, whereas the clinicians, also the software generally isn't up to speed. What about in dentistry? How's that all tracking? Now, you've asked me so many questions in one go, so I'll have to take one step at a time. Now, I've got a habit of doing that, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> with Smilo.ai, look, millennials are one part of our market. But think about this, with COVID-19 hitting, aged care is quite segregated. Rural and remote populations, which were quite dependent on mobile dentistry uh, or fly-in-fly-out kind of dentistry, is quite not happening anymore. So it is also addressing those markets. Especially if we know what's happening, we can educate, we can get those care workers, help those patients in a timely way as well. So that is one part. Now you saying, how are the clinicians taking? When compared to, I've worked both in the medical and the dental sector. When I look at it, dentists are a little bit better digitally as well as business inclined compared to doctors. Even then, I had to go through a brief time of, oh, no, this is going to work. This is not going to work. And we're still testing and trialing that as to what is the most seamless way of integration into their workflow. Building a product is one thing, but getting it into a workflow is a totally different ballgame. And when you come into software, yes, the softwares are not um, equipped for the integrations as well as to give us that opportunity as well. Luckily for me, I'm a clinician, I'm a dentist, 
I'm very well known in the industry. So for me to get those partnerships would be slightly easier than the rest is what I'm guessing. But that's only my guess. But the softwares are have to be able to get us integrated to get that seamless workflow and better adoption by the clinician. So it's not just the clinician. They have to think about their front office. They have to think about their dental assistants. They have to see how much of extra time is going to be saved, extra time that's going to go into training. So there's a lot of aspects as a practice principal or a practice owner you have to think about before getting a new technology into your business. What about the obstacles? So you touched on a few of them there already, but what other obstacles are currently facing dentistry as a specialty in Australia? Dentistry as a specialty, we do not get reimbursed by the government, except the child dental benefits scheme or anybody who is on a pension card. We don't get any reimbursement or subsidy for any of our products. So the cost of operation is increasing year after year. And this is me wearing the practice owner's hat, I'm telling you. Uh, And we cannot be increasing our price as the operational cost is going up because price has been one of the major reasons why people do not access care. Mm. Even though there is about 12 million or 13 million people who have insurances, the health health insurances, not everybody has extras for dental. Yeah, right. So so, So there is a disproportionate there that we are quite experiencing at the moment. And the second thing would be the workforce shortage, especially when it comes to dental nursing and dental assisting. We are experiencing a huge workforce shortage there of skilled people. That's the second thing. Third is there is huge competition going on because of the corporatization that is happening in dentistry. They have better buying powers. They have better marketing and branding powers when it comes to bread and butter dentistry or a single person owner kind of a dentistry, you know, we'll be seeing more of corporatization and DSOs that will be coming into the market in the next five to 10 years. Got it. Sorry, what's a DSO? Dental service organization. It's taking a huge interest in the US right now, which I'm thinking in the next five to 10 years will be hitting Australia as well. Yeah. Okay. And so is that a larger group of dentists? Yeah. What happens is, a group of dentists coming together and forming an organization under one trust, which makes them have better buying powers. They partly give away their ownership to whoever is managing everything for them. And do you, just on the funding piece, there's been a lot of talk recently, particularly in the last 12 months, about more Australians opting not to go with private health insurance, particularly younger generations as well. Is that directly impacting the dental industry as well, given that that's the main kind of source of funding for many people? I would say that we haven't uh, experienced that straight away, but I am quite sure in the next 12 months, we will see the change happening. And that is where I said, look, the operational costs are increasing, but we cannot increase the prices accordingly. And acquisition of patients is becoming more competitive, more expensive as well. So with all this operational cost that is there, and uh, we cannot increase our fees. There will be a point where running and owning a dental practice may not be feasible in the next five to 10 years to come. And we have a lot of fixed price dentistry that is coming into the market. I've seen that in the last year or two, like, you know, fixed price, $99 kind of a dentistry or 
$199 kind of a dentistry that is hitting the market as well. So there is a lot of innovative things I might have to say or disruptive things that I might want to say is definitely going to rock the dental world. Interesting. So there's some disruptive business models and innovations to adapt to an evolving situation. What about generally advancements in, say, technology within dentistry or the way dentistry is done? How is that evolving and what does dentistry look like in the next three, five, ten years into the future? We've already seen a lot of DIY dentistry. You must have heard about whitening products being sold online. You must have heard about clear aligners, orthodontics done online. So I'm seeing that the adaptability of uh, those things have been tried and tested and the market has accepted it. So going virtual with respect to your services is definitely one way to go. That is the most important thing. And getting your your practices adapted to that kind of a model. If people can, an outsider, total outsider coming to the industry and selling aligners and whitening can do it, why can't you do the same thing to your patients, right? So getting adapted to that and to adapt to that, you need the right technology to have the right virtual consults, to have the right uh, identification process, to have the right paperwork. All that is also to be considered as a digital transformation for to make any dental practice profitable as well as engage better patient retention. Yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing so many influencers on Instagram and TikTok that have come across charcoal or other ways to make their teeth really white and it blows up right because it's a big concern and people want to have the best looking smile and it's funny to see that people are looking to instagram influencers as a first point of call when it comes to their i guess oral health before their dentist so that's got to be a concern absolutely and that's where i'm coming from why is it happening rather than saying yes that's happening why is it happening it's the cost because mm. those charcoal toothpaste or those whitening products are one-fifth or one-fourth the cost of what we sell at the dental practice. But what patients don't understand or, or are educated is the constituents are different. The percentage of the whitening agents are different. Uh, also, whether that particular toothpaste is suitable for your teeth has to be assessed before, which an Instagram influencer cannot do. And and that's the thing we want to break, that you can get all this information instantly as we grow, as we develop our software more and more over the next 18 months. You will see that they can have their virtual consult in there for all these things. What an interesting challenge ahead. And so then moving forward and thinking more broadly, you've written a book, Build, Buy, Sell. Tell us a little bit more about Build, Buy, Sell. Sorry, Buy, Build, Sell. Yes, that was one of my wish list. I had a near-death experience in 2018 and for about six months I could not breathe properly and stuff like that and during that time I took my time to write what were my wishes and writing a book was on the top and then I was thinking what can I write a book on Uh, all my life right and as a dentist you get so well trained with respect to the clinical aspect of dentistry from diagnosis to performing that treatment and taking care of your patients. But what you don't realize is that's only one bit of dentistry. 
if you want to progress after being a dentist, you either get into post-graduation or go and own your business. And when you go and own your business, your clinical dentistry is only one third bit of what is required to make your business successful. It's your leadership, your communication, and all that aspect of it. And that's when I realized that there was not enough resources that were available for the dental industry when it came into leadership, communication, or what is involved in buying a business, what is involved in building it, and what could be your exit strategy. We all get into business thinking we are in this forever, but we don't know. So it's always good to get into something knowing your exit strategy and exit plan, putting that milestones into place so you know what goals you got to reach. So the buy, build, sell just helps dental practitioners who are thinking about getting into practice ownership or those practitioners who get thinking about exiting their business, a brief idea on how to choose the right business to buy or how to create your business attractive to the buyers when they are planning on exiting. So we didn't have that resources. So my book, Buy, Build, Sell, is one of the really good ones for practice ownership for dentists in Australia. Sounds like a really useful tool. And I'll put some details of how to get a hold of it on the website. People normally say once they've written a book that they've learned something after the whole writing process. You know, they started at one point thinking it was going to look like this. And then at the end of it, like, oh, wow, this is what I've learned. Did you learn anything out of the process of writing the book? Lots and lots of patience. Oh, yeah. Patience with it. Yeah, CE, not TS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> lots and lots of patience. Uh, look, there are different ways people write books. People write it themselves. People have ghostwriters. And in my case, I had no idea. I just started writing the book. I wrote whatever first came into my mind. But it was during the editing process where I learned a lot. It was not just the writing process. It had to have a flow. It had to have a context. It had to have, you know, those snippets which um, um, people could even, not everybody likes to read from chapter to chapter. We also had to cater to people like millennials who wanted to just have snippets of something. So what I learned was how to create a really good product. So the experience from writing a book was how do I make it useful for people? How do I make people read it? How do I make it really attractive that they could come and quickly find a solution and uh, not bother but reading the next chapters? So I had to make sure, you know, they could read it in less than four hours or less than three hours. They could just come and read one chapter. It would still make sense. Otherwise, you see books where you have to read the previous chapter to know what's happening in this chapter and then continue. I had to make sure that it catered to all sorts of audiences. So how to create a good, great product is what was my learning from writing a book. <laughs> Fantastic. And just to take the perspective of, say, someone who might be really early in their dental career or, or actually considering a career in dentistry, what advice would you have to them about kickstarting a career in dentistry? Dentistry is a very, very good profession to be in. Uh, you are definitely bringing smiles on the faces of people. You are helping them get rid of pain. So there is a lot of service that you are offering to the people. So there, if you are a person who likes to offer service, dentistry is definitely the profession to be in. When it comes to financial aspect, it's still a very lucrative career to be. And it does not have after hours. It's got a good work-life balance. 
So these are the real great positives of dentistry. But if you are thinking about putting yourself into dentistry now, I would definitely invest into digital transformation, get into the digital trends of dentistry as well, because if not today, in the next three to five years, that's what patients are going to look for. And also start educating yourself about leadership and communication and business aspect of dentistry, because that's going to be your next career move after being a dentist. Find yourself a great mentor where under whom you don't just get clinical mentorship, but also overall business mentorship and forward innovative mindset working under that mentor. Some great advice for some up-and-comers. And then lastly, what's on the horizon for Smilo.ai? What can we look at from you guys for in 2021? Interesting. Smilo 2021 would be moving into the orthodontic space as well as we'll be looking into achieving our product market fit and expanding and integrating with practice management softwares, which should get our growth and acquisition of practices and should be available in most of the dental practices in Australia by end of 2021. So that's what is on for um, Smiler.ai, that we want to have a really good growth plan and expansion in Australia. Fantastic. Looking forward to seeing how that all plays out. And just lastly, for anyone that wants to check out your stuff, where should they go to learn more about Smiler.ai? They can connect with me directly on LinkedIn, as well as they can visit our website, www.smilo.ai, or we do have our Facebook and Instagram pages, and they can check us out there. Amazing. Thank you. Look, Padma, I wish you all the best for 2021. Looking forward to seeing everything that Smilo.ai does and can't wait to see your next book if you're ever going to write a new one. And I'm sure you've learned so much from your first one that that'd be even better. But um, thank you so much for your time and all the best. Thank you, Peter. I'll definitely be writing my second one. I'm hoping 2022, 2023. And that would be on mainly women, entrepreneurship, and then moving from a niche to building a software product. I'm thinking around these lines right now because look, I went into developing a software without a lot of technology background. I did not, could yeah. not even create a PowerPoint at some stage. So then building a technology product. So I want people from the niche to be uh, like, whether it's a medicine, chiropractor, podiatry, dentistry, whatever we're trying to get, you know, if, uh, clinician adaptability comes in their own areas of niche. It's easier to develop a software product than a software engineer developing a product for us because we know the workflow in our own professions. So I want to encourage more people from the niche areas to be part of this transformative journey and digital health. Perfect. And look, they're topics that I'm really passionate about. If anyone knows Talking Health Tech, we feature a lot about women in leadership roles within digital health and also those that are kicking goals in niches of niches to be able to make some meaningful change within healthcare. So when you do release that book in a year or two, I can't wait to have you on the show again to talk more about it. I look forward to it because I can see there is a need for it. There's a lot of people with lots of ideas. They don't know where to start. So I want to make that easier for them and also make it a fearless journey. You know, the challenges I have faced, I want to document that so that they don't do the same mistakes, but also make that journey much more enjoyable and connect them to the right people 
are in the industry who they can seek help from and also help. Love it. I know a lot of people who benefit a lot from that. Padma, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks a lot, Peter. Thanks for listening to the show. Check out TalkingHealthTech.com to connect with other people in our community and to learn more about the Australian health tech industry. Also, make sure you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player so you don't miss an episode and share this episode with a few people who need to hear it. Now go make it happen.